Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. so much feedback about this, and I encourage you to write your own, but I thought it would be good for us just to confess this one more time this morning as we begin, just as we begin as a body. This came out of my reading in Romans again, taking Romans 12 and then going back and taking a little bit of Romans 3, a little bit of Romans 5, a whole lot of Romans 8, and just going, ah, this is what I believe. So a confession isn't just about stating what's wrong in your life. A confession, confess means agree with. It's agreeing with what the Word of God says about your life. You talk about drive out fear. Just start doing this on a daily basis. I got asked one time, do you still believe in the disciplines? Yes, indeed. Because the disciplines lead us to joy. They lead us to understanding. This can be a part of your spiritual life of you're just your encompassing so it's in the bulletin but let's say it aloud together today father god i present myself to you today according to your word and by your mercy as an acceptable holy living person that you love you have chosen in your love to forgive me completely and totally for all time I confess and receive that your thoughts and views of me today are kind, accepting, generous, and joyous. I confess that I am the delight of your heart and that your desire is to reveal yourself to me this day. I choose to surrender to your loving kindness and to declare your faithfulness to me. You have made me a new creation and I receive your everlasting love and will follow your leading of love in my life this day. Thank you, Jesus Christ, my Savior. Amen. You be seated. Okay, I have an apology to make. I had some other feedback, so this is the apology. I try to cram too much in too short a time, and so it makes me speed up. And so even when I did that with you the last couple of weeks, I did it real fast and so fast that people couldn't understand what it was. Because I'm trying to get every, all these words compacted in to the 20 or 25 minutes that I have and still get you out in time to watch the Super Bowl or whatever bowl or whatever team is going yay team our side. And I'm going to slow down. So I apologize if I've been speeding and you're going, wait, 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 go, go, go. what'd you say? You know, uh, I don't know if it's, a, if it's a subconscious way to get you to try to go to the website to listen to the teaching again or what it is, but I'll slow down. How's that? Everybody, take a deep breath. There's no hurry. Look at joy. I'll get through these notes. They're so good. They really are. Most of, them, most of my notes are scriptures, so they're, they're really good. So here, I'm going to do a little review from this past week. I talked about changing the way I was seeing myself. Um, the, a couple of different ways you can speak as a speaker. You can talk in the different persons. I can, I can you know, 
speak regarding what it does for me. I can turn it and speak what it's regarding to you, or I can turn it into the us and, and speak about it being in us. In saying me and talking about my life, it's hard for me not to do that because it's just changed my life these past five years. I finally live in what I was somewhat taught that if I got the right equations, I might get. And now I live in it. And I, want, and I, and I know this. Even if I do talk in the first person, this is what I believe. If I can do it, if I can receive it, and so if I do that, um, I, I was taught as a teacher to always tell stories, to ask questions, and to open up your own life, and people will attach to it better. I, I was actually taught as a teacher to do that. Uh, by, by a wonderful professor at the University of Arizona. Not a Christian. But he said, this is how you teach. And so even my some of my own teaching styles of like walking out there, because I also, have, you can tell I had lots of feedback and, and questions. Why do I do this? Because it draws you closer. Why do I reach out to somebody and, and do a touch and talk about their life among you? Because then everybody gets drawn in and you can feel like it's that. I believe it's one of the ways Jesus taught. Um, somehow uh, the teachers back then traditionally sat down and everybody that listened to them stood around them. And if they wanted to hear better, guess what they did? They got in real close. They wanted to hear it. And so that somehow that flipped when we got classrooms and that kind of stuff, but the principle is still there. That, that's why I do that. So if it cricks your neck when I do that kind of stuff, or if I'm turned around and it's up there, but I'm talking back here, just bear with me, because I want it. I don't care whether the church stays small, grows large. I don't care about church growth anymore. I care about your growth. I don't care about how many people are in the seats. I care about what the people are getting while they're in the seats. And to, and to change and form this, this stuff is working in my life. Just ask my wife. She will testify of it. I'm not the same man I was five years ago. And that guy, if you know what Thomas Merton said, that guy five years ago would look at this guy today and say, Heretic? would. Thomas Merton said, that's a sign that you're growing in God. You're receiving new revelation. You're receiving understanding. And I promise you, nothing that I teach in here is heretical. As a matter of fact, it's all very traditional. A return... To, that's why I want you to read that Horizon book. Returning to our roots of faith even this week, I had the Lord unfolding stuff to me about what American Christianity has become. I don't want us to live in that anymore. It wore me out. It's always dealing with circumstances and trying to get our God to change the circumstances in our life so that things will be better and it will prove something. 
Listen, faith is about you believing that God's with you in every circumstance. When the first century church went through tribulation, you know what the disciples taught? God's with you. Uh, they never said pray against it. You never see them say, there's no equation that says, if you do these things and these things and these things, we'll be able to topple Caesar. If it were true, they would have written it that way. Instead, they said, when tribulation comes, what are you supposed to do? Jump up, spin around, and rejoice. And go, ah, we're going to get to learn something about God in this. Even, even our personal tragedies, it's hard. We have people sitting in here. I, I did. You go through personal tragedies. Your hope is in God, not in a changed circumstance. And that will be your solace when you start doing that hope. Here's what Romans 5 says. I, I know I'm not following my notes. Here's what Romans 5 says. That where that hope comes into our hearts, that's where the love of God is poured out. When you're going through some of the worst circumstances that you ever went through, that's where God doesn't back away. What's he do? He, he doesn't necessarily change the circumstances. You can't get, a lot of times, most times, you can't get undone what has been done. But God can pour his love out into your heart and you begin to understand this relationship. And that his thoughts aren't our thoughts. His ways aren't our ways. But he never stops loving he will never distance himself. He'll never go away. And um, and he's not also up there going, okay, Pee-wee, you need to learn this lesson. Get beyond the view of an angry God. A judgmental, mean God that's going to straighten your life out. He died on the cross so you could have a straight life. What more could he give? Get that distorted. It's in, it's in the church in America. And I, I'm not just preaching about society this morning. I want you to see something. There's something more to go after. There's a move of God coming on the earth. And I don't even know what that means. Some, he's straightening us up again. Our, our, we're bowed down. We're, we're bowed down with the labor that's not necessary. If you believe, will God change all your circumstances? I have no idea. He might change some of them if it's within His will. Yeah, some of them might change. But I know this, He'll never abandon you in any circumstance. And as our friend John Lynch would say, even on your worst day. So, I'm changing the way I see myself and how I present myself before God. It's been this ongoing, steady work in my life, and I'm starting to even handle other teachers better, like Joseph Prince. You know, I'm better off reading his book because I don't, I don't relate to his teaching style. Listen, the dude's got something. And it's this. Right behavior follows right believing not the other way around. And there's something he has about 
embracing the things that God has said about you and I through what Jesus did and now He lives in us that changes everything, changes us. It's the full gospel message. I lived in a... I learned, and that's really funny. I started out in a full gospel message. And what I mean by that is I'm not talking about the, quote, spirit-filled life. I'm talking about receiving the understanding of both what Jesus did on the cross and what He did when He rose from the dead. That got eroded through a lot of different teachings through the years and through just my own looking at things, uh, trying to understand things, applying teachings, going, yeah, that, that should work. I, I tried a lot of things. Listen, I can teach... I have, I have two bio drawers full of teachings that are all about, if you get the equations right, you'll get this released in your life. They're not bad. They're all based on good principles, biblical principles. But I know, up until about five years ago, Brenda and I were sitting on here, how to do everything right and get the wrong results. It just wore me out. I don't want you to be worn out, whether you're in... Maybe you're a saint that's always had this understanding. You're, all you can do with me is smile and go, yeah, yeah. I see those smiles. I love them. You probably understand more about this than I ever will. You smile with me. If you're along the journey and asking questions, come on on the journey. If you're a younger believer, don't get taught that stuff. When you're 40, you're going to be worn out. 42, you're going to be grumpy about life, grumpy about faith, and really not sure in the end what you really believe. Or you'll get very rigid and tell other people how wrong they are about what they believe. I'm not here to do that either. Full gospel is to receive not only salvation at a point in time where I yielded my life to God and asked Him to come in, but remembering that the way on was the way in. By the way, that's a quote from John Wimber. Isn't that interesting? The way on is the way in. We depend on the same things that Jesus did in that moment of salvation all the way till the day we stand before Him. Whether that's in His return to the earth or we die. You will die. Yes. You'll never experience that other death. Not the total one. I'm learning to do this, and we ended with this last week. I am being to become. I see myself in my being. And I have become. There isn't the right magic words to say, and suddenly those things are going to change. Or that if I do these things and I keep going, I'm keep going, I'm keep going, I'm keep going, I'm going to get there. You're there. So am I. I'm there. 
I don't become to be, I be to become. And through that, obedience becomes a fruit of my relationship to God, not the means to have a relationship to God. I don't know if you were taught that. I was. I put good Lloyd spins on it. I could even sell it a little softer in some ways, but I still had that spin in my life that uh, if I would do... I would have told you I believe in salvation through grace by faith alone. Is that what you learned? So, if somebody said to me, you know, you really are performing to earn, I would have argued with them and told them how I'm not, and then go back and keep doing it. Because at the end of the day, in my secret prayers, and you can tell by your secret prayers. How many of you have secret prayers? It's just between you and Dad, or you and Jesus, or you and the Holy Spirit, and they're just there. I have a lot of secret prayers. You should never tell your secret prayers to others. But many of my secret prayers were, when I laid my head down at night, I would say, Lord, I'm not sure if everything I did this day was okay, and I'm not sure if I did the stuff that I should have done that I didn't do, and if I did, and you'd start getting mumbled in your words and what you were trying to make sense of with the Lord, and so I'd say a carte blanche prayer. So wash that all away so I can get a good night's sleep. Who is that trusting? My self-efforts to be okay. There's a better way. There's a way of freedom and a way that you start seeing yourself so differently through the eyes of God and what He sees with Christ in you. And, and we're going to take our time to look at it, to what that means. I put short passages up here, but let me tell you, if you're taking notes, actually read Philippians 3, verse 7 through 16 in all of these. This is what Paul's cry was. Oh, to be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. That's the only righteousness that you can have. That I may know Him. Notice this. The faith part was before the, that I may know Him. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. Now look at the way Paul wrote this. It's really interesting. And the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. He, he, he turned around on me. That should be to understand his suffering, to be conformed to his death, and then the resurrection. Well, you see, that Paul had a grasp on something, that he realized that Jesus, and this is where he taught elsewhere, I was going, why did he write this backwards? Well, he wrote this backwards because actually it was the resurrection aspect that was just as much or more important to him 
than the fact that Jesus died for him. Jesus rose, and Paul writes this in Romans, He was raised for my justification. He died for my sin, gave me forgiveness, but He was raised so I could have a new life. I could live complete in Him. So now I reread this and I go, this is stunning. This is, this is stunning. And you just read it over and over and over again. He says the same things in Romans 6. Once again, I just wrote a small passage of it in here. Read Romans 6, start in verse 1, and then read it all the way through to verse 11. And let the full gospel impact uh, come into you. This is what he says in verse 6. Uh, let's jump back a ways. We'll start in 4. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. You and I were buried with Christ. It doesn't say symbolically. doesn't say metaphorically. It states it as a fact. That's how Paul looked at it. This is just as much fact as this podium is made of oak wood. That's how he looked at it. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in fat newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Isn't it strange how we're taught to embrace the cross, embrace the cross? And listen, that's wonderful. It's incredible. It brings you to the... But you're, we sang about it this morning about the cross. All you do is, is maybe if you can stand, but stand there with shaky knees and go, I'm forgiven. I'm, all you do is become grateful. He died not for me as me. He died as me. That was my death. He died. I was taught far too often that it was for me on my behalf. When you personalize salvation, that's why salvation must be personalized. He didn't die for you. He died as you. That's what he's saying here in Romans. Isn't this stunning? No wonder we want to sing songs and write about it. Joy and tears? How can you not be grateful? All your sinfulness gone. Gone, 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 precious. Gone. It's stunning. It, it's, it's, hard, it's almost hard to go on. Bear with me. We have been united in the likeness of death. Certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be what? Done away with. Not will be done away with. What? Has been done away with. 
that we should no longer be slaves of sin. We don't even understand slavery today. Slavery was just such an accepted way of life that. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. You're alive because Christ lives. Really alive. You're alive forever. You're an eternal being now. You will be, and you'll have me with you, forever. Brenda and I used to have arguments about where we were going to build our different homes. She assured me she was supposed to be in mine. Sam Storms agreed with her, if you've ever read Sam's theology on that. So, and uh, that <clears throat> actually we're already in our Father's house or many mansions. You know what he's talking about really there? I don't care what strange teaching you heard. He's talking about you and I. I am the house of God. Now think through all the things that that, that affect. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. I don't get to have to go someplace for that. I am that. I commune with my Father. And I can pray for Yugoslavia as I'm driving down Holmes Boulevard with the same authority. Doesn't he make? This is what he made us to be. It's incredible when you start getting this stuff and it starts getting inside of you. This precious seed of life that will bear fruit. Not might. You have to try really hard to choke off the fruit of God in your life. And if you've done it successfully by the end, no one will be there at your funeral. Thank you. It was meant facetiously. Knowing that Christ, verse 9, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, in the same manner... Oh, I didn't put the rest of it up there. I'm sorry, I got cut off. So you just listen to me. Likewise, you also... Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You reckon? Reconcile it. I'm alive to God. I am a walking, living embodiment of the resurrection of Christ on the earth. How will that change the way you pray? Better yet, how will that change the way you look? When you quote the scripture to yourself right after you get outside of the car door and start walking in the parking lot to where you're going to go to work. I am the resurrection of the dead. I am alive in Christ. When people see me, they see the risen Savior this day when I walk in here. That'll change the way you talk. Because you're changing the way you think. We call that repentance. Changing the way I see how God perceives me to be. So Paul called that being 
He sees strange words that we make strange equations out of. He calls that being an ambassador. Any, anybody worked in, the, in that realm, like the political realm? or Do you know how ambassadors are treated? They are treated as though the president of our country is talking with those people. So when the ambassador to the nation of Ireland sits down with the president of Ireland, the president of Ireland treats them as though they are our president. That's why they are accorded so much respect. That's why we're all so angry over things like Benghazi. It wasn't just an assault against our nation. It was an assault against the leader of our nation. No matter which side you fall down on that. But do you, you see how That's that language. You and I walk in this newness of life. And when we believe it, it affects everybody around us those closest to us, and those far away. And those that don't like it, yes, they will be very uncomfortable around you. They should be. They should be uncomfortable around you. It should be kind of prickly and awkward and odd and they don't know how to treat you. We're not the walking dead. We're the walking living. We don't have gobbledygook faces. We shine with the brightness of heaven. We sparkle with the goodness of God in our lives. So this is what I, I want to urge you to do. I'm going to have, uh, we're going to take communion together this morning. So if I can have those that are going to do this to uh, begin to pass out the elements. If you just hold the elements. I want to give you four scriptures that if you'll just take them, begin to meditate on them, and begin to pray them over your own being. Now, if it feels uncomfortable, it's okay. Pray them anyway. When I first started doing this, I started coming up with all the yeah buts and what ifs and the equations that I had to relearn and try not to apply. And I know it, it was uncomfortable for a little while, but it changes so much. Look at Galatians 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. Not I will be or I have to be today. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Christ who lives in me. When you start meditating on it, for temptations, the weird stuff that happens in life, the things that you're, oh, why did that come today? I was doing so good. Those are little things that I'm talking about. That can't get there. It's Christ that lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See why I keep teaching about unconditional love? It's all based in that. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if Lloyd is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old Lloyd has passed away. Behold. Can you put your name in there? Behold. 
Janice has become new. Behold, Tony's brand new. Behold, Jim's brand new. Behold, Lloyd is brand new today. I start confessing that in my prayer language. Change your prayer language. Start having your prayer language agree with what God says about you. Start in confessing it in a way that your heart starts receiving it. It's real uncomfortable at first, but when you start declaring it, you start walking in it. Remember, right believing leads to right living, right behavior, right attitudes, right language, right eyes, right ears, right mouth. Changes everything when I take a simple scripture like that and begin to pray it in my life. You know what it really is? It's the thing that Michael has been appealing to you for two weeks. It's another reasonable act of worship. You can sing it. You can start singing declarations from the Word of God over who you are. Well, that's about me. No, it's about Christ in you. He receives it as worship. When you speak that which is right of you through Him, He receives it as unto Him. You, are you tracking with me? Jesus, You love Lloyd so much, O oh God. He's new in all His ways. And oh God, He's precious to you today. His words have life to others. Especially His Kim. He yields again to you, oh God. For by you He wins. Of his worship. I have to Savior. Now, maybe you're not old and you need to wrap it and wrap it with love and wrap it to your heart's content. Take these scriptures, let them become into you and become you. What if we became the walking Word of God? Think of for that. Listen, for almost 15 centuries of the church, nobody had the Word of God to carry around with them. They were the Word of God. They changed the earth because they were, Paul told it to him. He said, You are my epistle, you are my letter. If they could have carried the Bible around, they would have had to have a wheelbarrow. They didn't have those, the nice thin paper that we do today. We become the Word of God. When we pray it, it becomes us. One more, and then we'll partake together. For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Guess what you and I have become? 
don't confess wrong things. Confess the right things. John Mark McMillan put it this way, so what if I'm not worthy? So, so what if I stuff in my life points to I'm not worthy? My body is a temple. My, God resides in me. I'm the house of God. I'm the mansion. I'm one of his dwelling places. Yeah, you are. And right here's a sign of it. This is symbolic. And this is a metaphor and more. So much more. When we take this together, I don't just declare Christ in me. I declare Christ in you. And in you. And in you. Would you do this? Would you hold the bread up? And now open your eyes, don't shut them. Look around. The body of Christ is given for you. One to another. The, the body of Christ given to me. We're a gift to one another. This is the bread that he spoke of. This is his body that we're to partake of. That ought to lay a guilt trip on you for the six by six. How can I discount you? How can I not eat with you? How can I not talk with you? How can I not enjoy you? He gave this so that we could be one. Pretty amazing. Let's receive it that way. Lord, we receive you again, the body of Christ broken for us, that we could be loved by the Father just like you were, that we could know that your love is in us, one to another. That the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in the one sitting next to me. So I receive that understanding, that acknowledgement again today as a revelation of who you are. Oh, the blood. This blood signifies that he poured everything out, not just for your salvation, but for your life, so you could live. He gave his blood, if you will, let's use modern language, as a transfusion to turn you from one type of person to another. There was no other way to make it. Why did he choose that way? I don't know. It's the way he chose it. I'm not smart enough to figure all that out. I am smart enough to receive it and to believe it and to go, yep, you did it. You shed your blood so that I could be one with you and live. So God, today, we receive it again. Not just as a sign of unity, but really as a sign of life. We receive your life and resurrection and declare it again this day in Jesus' name.
stand with me and let's worship.